Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And we are coming at you from Monsoony um, Marquette, Michigan this, this morning. Mm-hmm. It is it is rainy. It's rainy. It's going to get cold. Yeah. Yesterday was beautiful, but it, it might was. have been our, the, our last day. Last last day. I was at the mm-hmm. co-op and um, uh, they have Ben and Jerry's on sale. Um, for all of you who need to know this fact, um, <laughs> Thank you. but the, there was a gentleman pu- putting a, putting a pint back and he was like, I've decided better. And I was like, oh really? But he was like, but it's the last day that you really should eat ice cream. Cause it's last, it's like the last day of summer. No. And I was like, I, I wanted to like rebut him and be like, no, ice cream is a year round adventure. I've never yeah. not eaten ice yeah. cream in the winter. Yeah. So I some, don't, that's when you put some hot fudge on there. Or you just enjoy it and it doesn't melt as fast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, it's just Like, it's I'm not delightful. eating it outside, you know? No, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, although you could do that. there. I mean, mm-hmm. free will. Do what you'd like with those things. Live so. your best life and eat ice cream year-round. <laughs> and if you feel called to the Ben and Jerry sale, let your heart roll that way. Right? It's okay. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay. I bought some ice cream. So, good um, for you. Yeah. I might go get some today yeah. too. I yeah. could use some ice cream. Oh, so good. Um, yeah. But ice cream is not apropos of anything related to Luke 18, where we are today, right? Is it? I don't think so. I mean. Demanding what you need. Oh, demanding. Oh, oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. And there's, sometimes there's a segue. you need some ice cream. Sometimes you need some ice cream. <laughs> over and over and over, we being, persist and seek ice cream. Yeah. Being as generous with yourself as God is with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, we, we may come back to the ice cream. Um, right. See, but... <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> but we're marching through Luke still. Um, we finished up chapter 17, per se, and are now, um, well, we leapt over some passages, but we are now uh, yeah, at the missed, beginning of chapter 18. We missed the coming of the kingdom. Yeah. We missed some, some text that would need a lot of unpacking, too, though. Yeah, though that's okay. I think... To me, this parable, I was like, oh, thank goodness. This parable is not like overly challenging this week. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. And there are a myriad of different interpretations, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it makes it interesting. But yeah. it's not, it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's problematic in a annoying way. It's fun and surprising, but it's not overly needing unpacking or switching around. Right, I, yeah. I say that because I got an email from someone who was like, I think Pastor Andrew's supposed to preach this weekend, but I know how much you love parables. So, sorry, you're missing out on this parable this Sunday. And I said, <laughs> well, buckle up because it's my turn again. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. let's let's read the text so that people yeah. know what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> so, this is Luke 18. Yeah. Read it One for us. Yeah. Through. One through, what is it, eight? Eight, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. All right. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? 
Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> so, yeah. so shall we start with the judge and the widow? Yeah, and and so just a little a little helpful backstory with this that I think at least I find helpful because we don't Luke doesn't often explain parables, right? He often just leaves them, lets them be, and Jesus doesn't Drops either. It. Just you know, yeah, it's the mic drop moment, but like. <laughs> Um, which I kind of love about Luke. Um, and there's a little bit, there's a little bit of question um, in some of, of this text, especially um, what Luke is trying to do here. And also whether these words added at the end are actually Jesus's words. Um, historical Jesus scholars tend to think that the first five verses, or at least verse three through five are really um, Jesus's words um, and raise some question marks about the other. So I just want to mm-hmm. lay that out, lay that out, because I think that it it allows us to examine the parable and then uh-huh. also say, what does it mean to have be given an interpretation mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. right? That it's not just that there's a parable. So let's talk parable, and then let's also talk like what's Luke doing, okay, or whoever is choosing to add this, because I think that's that's an important distinction, because. Well, yeah, and I would even argue that Jesus does explain this parable, right, in verse seven. And right, will if not that's God if that's actually justice, Jesus, yeah, to his children. Right. So that part's not Jesus either, not just the last part about it's, the Son of Man. Yeah, they say verses like three through five are probably most likely Jesus, and the rest maybe editorialized. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Okay. okay, yeah. So I'm not saying you know, I mean, on a, in a more conservative scriptural interpretation, they would say all of this is Jesus. Um, I think it's just, I don't really care in some ways. I think it's more interesting, though, to just to actually ask the question of mm-hmm. what does this look like if we don't have Jesus actually unpacking this Ooh. versus having Jesus unpack this? It's a little more complicated right? because I think often when we look at a parable, right, we assume we're locating both ourselves and God in the parable. Right. And this is not a parable where you you could see, your, you should probably see yourself as the widow, but we don't want to see God as the unjust judge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like what, you know, the New Testament scholar Amy Jill Levine says about parables, which is parables are about raising uncomfortable questions. Mm-hmm. And that maybe we shouldn't actually identify with either of these characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe so, not. so I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, let's, 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 ne- let's wander into this. Yeah. So I really like the things that she also says about um, the widow, how the widow is unexpected. Yeah. Because often we think about widows being people who are like meek and timid, who are a stereotype, right? Yeah. Yeah. People, they're the marginalized people. We lump them in with the marginalized people who need help from others and who need our generosity and. And um, Yeah. And some of that is biblically mandated, but mm -hmm. it's, it makes an assumption Mm -hmm. that, I mean, she unpacks it and says that that's not historically accurate, that mm-hmm. women, that widows had access to um, spousal property, that they had access to petition things, that they had access to power potentially. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they always did. No. Some were absolutely marginalized, but mm-hmm. others actually had access. I mean, one of the things we we can even think about is Mary and Martha mm-hmm. and women having access to house property. Mm-hmm. 
um, different yeah. pieces. There are a lot yeah. of different widows in scripture that lend different stories to this, but yeah, yeah some... I, I like that idea that this isn't the stereotypical widow. Is Lydia a widow? I'm not sure. I okay. think so. I mean she's at least single. She's like a single we're not lady. we're not she's not She's a single lady. Yep. Um and I think back to Rizpah too. Yeah. That's what the story makes me think of when when her sons are murdered on the Oof. mountaintop yeah. and she climbs the mountain and defends their bodies from like the vultures for like days on end. Yeah. Until, I mean she's intense until in such an amazing way. Yeah, until they're granted a proper burial by yeah. David. Yeah. 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 So widows are tenacious often, right? Absolutely. And yeah, they're placed in a marginalized space, but they they're not people who are just like, OK, whatever. Guess I'm going to, you know, yeah, be this meek, timid person. Right. They still have personhood. So. Yeah. So so that I mean, that's interesting with the widow. I think with the judge, it's interesting, too, because like we start off with hearing that the judge is somebody who neither feared God nor respected people. <laughs> and which is ironic because that's his job to like right? create but it's, justice. <laughs> but it's also, I think even today, um, there's there's an element of not surprise, mm-hmm. right? With that, like, and I think that even in the context of um, the audience, Luke's audience, the people would have been like, "Well, it's a judge. Mm-hmm. What do we expect? Right? Yeah. Is it really justice? Maybe. Is there respect, or is there an anticipation that this?" is somebody that should. Yeah. Right? Well, I think back to like the the kind of relationship between being a judge and carrying out God's So the God's judgment. So God judges back in the Israelite times. In the times. Israelite times. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So like we think of like Deborah as and a the, judge and the good and, judges, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which the, is very different than just a Roman judge within a system that is Yes, broken. or judges how we see them now, you know. Right. We don't see them as people who are, like, instated by God to carry out God's wisdom and right. judgment. Yeah. Right. And there are, this is not to say there aren't perfectly wonderful judges, but the, mm-hmm. it's that question of where does judges' authority come from? How are they? Yeah. How, where does morality lie? Where does yeah. interpretation, I mean, all and, the different pieces. And the judges, like even in our day, they're not made as judges to carry out God's commandments. They're right. made as judges to carry now, out the commandments of the law. country. Right, right. Yeah. The country yeah. and the law. Yeah. They're serving yeah. a different. Right. Right. Which could be, I mean, so there may be, and you know, this is where we try to find line, there may be elements of religious law that are also involved, but mm-hmm. probably because this is a judge and where we are with Luke, that this is actually probably um, mostly related to um, sec- Roman secular, yeah. secular mm-hmm. um, engagement, that this mm-hmm. is a civil magistrate or whatever you want to call him. Um, and so it's really interesting. So we hear whether we are, whether we totally agree with that he, that the judge is, it's expected or not that the judge is just, but that the judge doesn't really like doing the judge's job, (laughs) um, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the widow pops up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, some of the things with that article, what was her name? Levine. Yeah. Amy Jill Levine. Amy Jill Levine. Yeah. Something she says about the widow is when the widow says, grant me justice against my opponent She's asking for vengeance. Um, yeah. So, but vengeance in the style of God in the Passover. Yep. yep. Of the Egyptian firstborn sons. Yeah. Vengeance so, in an Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Israel seeks vengeance kind of way. Creating um, justice that is equalizing against those who have um, enslaved or done. Right. Done injustice. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, I, what I really appreciate about her commentary on this is that in some ways she's saying we can't make this softer than it is. Mm-hmm. Right. That she's asking for revenge. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting because that raises the question when we seek justice, uh-huh. are we seeking justice or are we seeking vengeance? Yes. What are we actually asking for? And yeah, and yeah. so if we see ourselves in the widow, all of a sudden it's awkward question. Mm-hmm. What do we want? What do we want? Vengeance. <laughs> when do we want it now? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, but then so then then we get this interesting because we swing back to the justice, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, but I hold on. I think that in so maybe so yeah. Is there? Sorry, I'm trying to think this through. Is there this compromise right where? Justice, maybe we don't think of justice as vengeance, but justice isn't um, people being harmed and nothing happening either, right? That's not justice either. Right. So, you know, like... And justice isn't necessarily just... um, Well, just thinking about, you know, um, what is justice in relationship to um, someone being killed... Mm-hmm. Um, and how the perpetrator faces, quote, justice. Mm-hmm. But in reality, justice is that person's life being restored mm-hmm. in a full sense, which cannot happen. Yeah. Um. So what is what is she seeking, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. so yeah I, yeah, I like that. It's very active. So if right? somebody murders somebody and is the type of person that murders many people, right? If somebody murders somebody, you know, like... Have you been not... watching Dahmer on Netflix, Molly? I have not. Okay, no, right. but I'm just thinking about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, that's the easiest example, right? right? And they're yeah. going to go out and kill other people, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. justice is not saying, I forgive you, like, cool, go live your life, right? And it's going back to this cycle of repentance, forgiveness, change, right? Right. That there needs to be change. And... It's incredibly complicated, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because our society has turned it into a whole understanding of what does it mean to pay for a crime, how to mm-hmm. be, re- what does restoration look like? Yeah, like we get justice to the, is different. The in, punishment, in but not often the change, right? Or right. the newness of And life. in some ways, what she is asking for is not just punishment, mm-hmm. but essentially a vengeance, a seeking of justice that shifts things, Mm -hmm. that acknowledges or strips somebody from, of something Mm -hmm. in return for, because of what has happened for her or a fairness in some way. Yeah. Seeking some sort of equity. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the other part that was really interesting was the, um, the bothering how, um, Levine kind of talks about the bothering as like, she's coming to like, Punch him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it's a boxing term in Greek. Yeah. So so the segue to that is just a reminder that this is, though I have no fear in God and, and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me or keeps punching me in the face, <laughs> um, I will grant her justice so she might not wear me out um, by continually, or that she may not punch me in the face. Um, by continually doing this, that I might not get a black eye. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a really interesting questions about like the judge not acquiescing out of what is right, but out of acquiescing out of fear. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah. And can justice come out of a place of fear? And violence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I think maybe it's going back to recognizing what we were talking about. It was a few weeks ago with like the systems or was it yeah. last week? Right. The living in the system. Right. Where. Yeah. Oh, where the the people. Remember, the people who are healed go back to the priests because right. that's the system, that's the system they know. In. That's what they're used to. Right. That's what they're supposed how, to do. Yeah. Um, they return to society. That's how like you're proven that you are clean. The lepers are proven that they're clean and they can come back right. to society yep. by showing they themselves have to, to do the that. priests. Yeah. Where Jesus is offering another way, right? Come and show yourself to me and I will make you not just clean, but, but well. Well, right? I will, I will, I will subvert the system. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's very Lucan, right? Yeah. So, so. Is, is this kind of a similar story and parable where it is revealing the truth of this world? That the system is totally broken. Yeah. In a yeah. way where neither one perhaps is right, but this is how we think justice is carried out. Yeah. Um, I I really like that. I mean, and I think that um, Amy, Amy Jill Levine goes there with this is mm-hmm. in some ways is that this is a, this is more of a mirror for us to see ourselves mm-hmm. and to ask really hard questions. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where you're going with that is to say that like, yeah. that does this, is this a reflection of, of our society in a way that is really disconcerting and uncomfortable mm-hmm. and also is really hard because it asks yeah. the question of like, do we want vengeance? Have we also seen that when we have sought and persisted with vengeance that we actually get what we want? Mm. Is society broken in a way that sometimes that's how things happen? Yeah. You might get what you want, but it might not create any real right. good. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And mm. Which then, I mean, so then if you unpack the next part of the passage, there it's it's different because if we have Luke interpreting this as a passage about prayer, which is often how preachers, commentators interpret this passage. Because, you know, at the beginning, Luke told them a parable, Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. Yeah, I think it's more about the not to lose heart thing, though. That society is corrupt and broken. Yeah. Don't lose heart. Don't right? lose heart. Because God Relationships offers... are broken. How you think this works mm-hmm. is broken. Yeah. 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 Because God yeah. offers something completely different, right? Yeah. You don't need to come to God seeking vengeance. You don't need to come to God, you know, ready to punch, right? Yeah. And that God doesn't need you to ask over and over and over again. God hears you the first time, yeah. right? That yeah. it is not you seeking violence against others that makes God react. Mm-hmm. It is you just asking, mm-hmm. right? Knocking yeah. the door, she'll be opened, right? Yeah. It's that it's that notion that this is a different type of relationship than what the world offers. Yeah. You know, I think um, it makes me think about like how do, you know, we enter into things in like a fight or flight kind of thing. Oh. Get that kind of like lizard brain going. Right. I was just thinking about, yeah. Yeah. Thinking, yeah. yeah. But like, and that's how we kind of act in the world. We always expect the worst. And the worst out of others. We don't come in expecting like what God provides, which is the answers, the unconditional love, the justice, the peace. Yeah. Interesting. I was just thinking, I've been reading, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, my grandmother's hands, the, um, it's about. Uh, I know what you're the body and about. trauma, yeah, um, yeah. and spirituality in some ways. Mm-hmm. Some of that woke in racism from an African American perspective. perspective. 
Yeah. Beautiful writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but thinking about that kind of at the start of the book, he, he lays it out that we cannot separate our body from what we've experienced, what from trauma mm-hmm. and, and race. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that as white people, as, as people of color, from, as anybody, um, even he's addressing as and officers of the law and saying, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And he talks about that our li- connects the lizard brain mm-hmm. to our trauma response. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me really wonder if in some ways, I think this is a rabbit hole that's too deep, deep to go down like today in conversation, but it makes me really wonder diving more deeply into thinking about this story and vengeance and what trauma someone has experienced and what is being evoked with the judge. Um, is Jesus saying there is something that there is more than just what you are carrying in your body and are trying to, and are reacting out of with your lizard brain? Mm-hmm. Is, is Jesus it, opening a space for healing mm-hmm. by, by saying, by not even just naming it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just, it's just, a, it's a, Sorry. I mean, it was just a, yeah. an interesting question that popped into my head. No, no, no. I think there's something powerful about that truth being named. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if the if the system feels unjust and wrong and it gives you pause, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Resma Menachem. That's who it is. My grandmother's hand. What is uh, the name again? Resma. Okay. I think. R-E-S-M-A-A. Okay. Menachem. Menachem. Yeah. He's, there's some good podcast. He's had some interesting podcast conversations too, but Ooh. it's a great book. Anyway, recommend okay. it for anybody looking for a thoughtful, provoking read. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just, yeah, that mm-hmm. question of where, how do we move through our current experiences? Mm-hmm. In other words, how do we, how do we name the kingdom we are part, we are grounded in culturally, but also name that God's kingdom is in breaking and that there are alternatives and ways and that there's something different, right? Yeah. That's why I like, wow. Um, It makes me kind of sad that the second part wouldn't have been Jesus's words because I know, right? Like, yeah, that's the the grace part, right? That there is grace. This is the world you live in, but God asks for something different. And then at the end, the whole faith thing, um, why wouldn't you trust in what God has? You know, if, why would you be so inclined to trust in the badness of this world, but not to trust in the goodness of God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To which I think, you know, um, it's interesting because the, the, my, my gut response is yes, absolutely. And then my second response is, but that is so hard mm-hmm. when you have been on, I've been hurt. Mm-hmm. I need vengeance or I don't know how to get out of this rut. Yeah. Right. And that's where the faith is. That's why it's like that challenge, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, will you not still have faith, right? Yeah. Like in mm-hmm. the midst of mm-hmm. all that this world throws at you. Yeah. Do you have the ability to still trust in God's goodness? Because it it's it's hard. Yeah. Which then, in some ways, brings us full circle to prayer, mm-hmm. right? Because it brings it to say, in the midst of the world that we are experiencing, when we might be angry. Mm-hmm. We might be ticked off. We may pray for vengeance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that what God is asking is for us to make space for a relationship that is different. Yeah. And that prayer is the space, is the way to make space for that in some ways, right? I don't know. Maybe. No, I think so. And so I wonder, we talked about the widow 
not needing so she has to come to the judge constantly right yeah yeah but would she need to do that with god but is there something powerful about coming back to things constantly yeah right yeah you know trusting that god is going to respond but also knowing that you can always go to god which is the praying right that's right the, the praying always pray always pray always and the beauty of the pray always, um, right, is that pray always isn't isn't about persistence in the sense of pushy. Mm-hmm. It's that praying is always the entrance into a God who is always listening, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that's what helps you not lose heart, right? Right. It's not her fervor is not what wins her justice, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's what it is in the world that she in you know in in the earthy world, but in God's world, as Jesus is pointing out, that's not what happens. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Pray always because it's the starting point of relationship Mm -hmm. and of healing. I don't know. I mean, this tie this back to the lepers (laughs) and gratitude, tie this back to like, can we throw this in with the other stories? And maybe it makes a little more sense that like, what does this, what is the what is Jesus saying to Maybe the disciples? Maybe it's the pray, pray always because the world's always going to be broken, right? And God is always listening to the anguish of your heart yeah. and how messed up this is. Yeah, yeah. And God is listening just as much to the widow who is seeking revenge as the judge who is afraid of getting punched in the face, <laughs> yeah. right? Who has respect for no one, who has respect God. for no one, right? <laughs> I, which is ugh, it's awkward. Like, but still this has this t- desire within yeah. himself to be well, right? Just to profound. not be harmed. Right. Right. So yeah. perhaps it is recognizing that everyone is is operating out of a place of brokenness. Ooh. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The judge is, I like that. I I'm like gonna that keep too. that. Yeah, um, keep help that me remember thought. that yeah, for my I'll sermon. try to. Yeah. The judge is coming from a place of brokenness because no matter where he respects God or nobody, he still doesn't want his body to be hurt, you know? Like he still is he's a human person, right? He's not a character. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can he claim, even though he doesn't really know or has denied it, the beloved child of Godness that he has? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. God's will is still at work, even if he doesn't want to admit it, right, in the the, the justice. You know, no. this is, I mean, and that's a profound theological question. That I mean, I, I don't know that Luke is totally tackling that here, but it's it's a big one, right? It, yeah. is, does God work whether or not we acknowledge God's presence? And our general answer as Lutherans is absolutely, mm-hmm. but that our faith also ties us into relationship with God yes, um, and allows access to grace in a way that is profound, mm-hmm. um, but that God is still moving. I mean, I've said before, God plumps the depths of hell and death for us, which means that God is still working on us even if we've, we've left the building mm-hmm. and checked out and denied God, that God is still working. Um, whether we choose to turn around, that's a whole nother question. But like, but it's a really, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's, um, there's meat in this passage that is really hopeful, mm-hmm. even though in some ways this passage is incredibly, <laughs> is incredibly dark reflection on humanity, right? Mm-hmm. It it's is. Not, it's not, it's not easy. I was, there was one really great line. So over the, weekend kind of Sunday and Monday I had to go to that bishop's convocation yeah. and we talked about um this one passage in Romans um 
and I got to find. Yeah. Do not for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. I was just that it made me think of that. Right. Like, huh? Yeah. Get out of God's way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and your way is not necessarily God's way. And yeah. just because you think it's right doesn't necessarily mean it is in the eyes of mm-hmm. God. So I think right? if nothing else, the judge is somehow just getting out of God's way. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, man. So where to where to leave this passage today? Mm. Um, I, I don't know. Um, to me, to me, the point of it is that you live in a broken system, but remember that God offers something different. So when you say you have faith, what you have faith in, right? Mm-hmm, you have mm-hmm. faith in a God who works even in the midst of a broken system. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you have trust in all those things. Like I was also thinking about like when we were doing confirmation last weekend at the end, we asked the kids to share one thing that they would share with a friend about Jesus. And there mm. was like a, such a variety of really yeah. great things. Like you're not alone. God's always forgiving. Jesus loves you. Those types of things. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, faith doesn't have to be this thing. It's like, I believe in something like, you know, but it's like, do we have trust in those things? Those little building block things. Right. Yeah. And can you, can you, can you still have faith in those things in the midst of a world that feels so broken? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And can you not lose heart? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Can you find a way? And I'd add that one thing that I find is powerful to that. I, I've, I'm completely with you, Pastor Molly. But one thing that I find too is that God knows the world is broken. Mm-hmm. God sees that this is how we have perverted justice or mm-hmm. how we think about this. And yet God is still seeking for us to see things and experiencing experience something different. The goodness. The yeah. goodness. That the kingdom of God is available mm-hmm. to us. It is yeah. breaking into our world. Yeah. And so um, that faith isn't just like you alone being like, I believe in Jesus. Right? No. That's not it. No, it That's can't not be it, in this. Right? Right? It is that yeah. relationship, right? It has to be. That belief in the goodness of God and God in you revealing that and it working in the world, right? It's, it's And that it impacts all of our relationships, and too. And it impacts your heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so... In the reading of this, may you have some tenacity, like mm-hmm. the widow, maybe some crazy, like the judge, um, little or obstinance. at least the knowledge to get or the out knowledge of the to way. get out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah, the knowledge to get out of the way, and may you also have um, the space to to pray, to not lose heart, but to also see God's kingdom breaking into a world where it often feels like we're stuck. Mm-hmm. And when you can't do that, when you can't see it, yeah, pray without ceasing. Yeah. Right. Pray without ceasing and know that others are doing that too. Yeah. And yeah. and ask for it, right? Ask yeah. to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And so on that note, friends, um, thanks for being with us today. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been listening to the Queen City Preachers podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. Yeah. Be well, friends.